Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. Good morning, Global Church, and everybody that's tuning in from around the world. It's great to be with you uh, this morning or whatever the timeline is with yourselves. Um, Last week we were looking at a great story uh, of a a real-life person, the uh, the Samaritan woman, and you'll find the story in the the Gospel of John, chapter 4. And uh, this was no ordinary woman. Uh, You know, she, uh, let's just say that she had all the curves in all the right places, and she knew just how to attract men. She's the kind of woman that can give the best comebacks uh, that that make people laugh and yet feel intimidated at the same time. And, you know, the the kind of woman, even when she was a a, a young girl growing up, she would never have had a problem having a boyfriend. And all the other girls would look and think, oh, I wish I could get a boyfriend. She just, she just, as boys, they just want to be with her all the time. You know the kind of person I'm talking to. And we think that we're modern. We think that, you know, our generation or this generation have invented the kind of walk, the wiggle and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) It's been there since time immemorial. And this woman had it in bucket loads. She knew how to switch men on. She knew how to get the eye of a fella. And she'd been married five times. And um, the person that she was living with now was not her husband. She was on number six. And, uh, you know, she's, Jesus meets her at a time in her life where she's all burnt out. The, the fires of her passion have, have blazed for years. And she realises there's a downside to every pleasure. <laughs> you're stuck with a man. Or you're, you're stuck with a lifestyle. And, um, you know, Jesus comes along and he sees this woman burnt out with pleasure and uh, thirsty, thirsty for meaning and life. And it's like, is this all there is? Have you ever thought like that? Is this all there is? Because I've got a rubbish life or I've got a great life, but it's not delivering what I thought it would. He's taking more out of me than it is giving me. And if that's you, stick around, because this story is really for you. These Bible stories were written about ordinary people like you and me. So that as we read them, God, the Holy Spirit speaks to our hearts and he says, that's you. And he wants us to know him. And he begins to speak to us through the Bible. The Bible is inspired and it's inspired by the Holy Spirit. And he wants to speak into your heart today. You'll not hear a voice going, oi, Dave, or or whatever it is, Sandra. You want to hear a voice like that? Will there be something deep on the inside of you where the Holy Spirit speaks and convicts and lets you know he's speaking to you? Lets you know this is you. It happened to me when I was 19. And uh, and it's happened so many times since. Even now I hear preachers and God speaks to me through his word. And um, the Bible's not just any book. It's a book that was inspired by the Holy Spirit. 
and it didn't start didn't have its origins just in men um, it started with the Holy Spirit but this woman in John chapter 4 she represents really secular man and secular women uh, she represents us why, why would I say that it's because this woman Jesus meets her and it's just like an ordinary day in an ordinary person's life and then Jesus walks in and her actions and reactions it, it just they're, they're unlearned it's just pure it's just it's fantastic to see it but she behaves like modern secular man and modern secular women when I say man I mean mankind yeah uh, you know, when I say lion, nobody's thinking, well, female lions are lioness. No, no, it's a lion. We understand. We're talking about lions, male and female. So when I talk about man, I mean mankind, male and female. Please don't get upset with me. <laughs> if you send me an email, I won't reply. We're too busy. But some traits of secular people are, secular people are ignorant of the basic facts about Christianity. And, uh, and this woman is no different. She gets on with Jesus and she's chatting away and she's like, well, you Jews say this and, and uh, we Samaritans believe this. And she's all confused. And maybe that's you today. And, and Jesus wants you to be clear. And, uh, and he, he, he does, he, he deals with this, uh, you know, uh, directly. And uh, she gets all confused in John chapter 4 uh, about worship and different things um, our fathers worshipped on this mountain verse 20 but you Jews claim that the place where where we must worship is in Jerusalem Jesus declared believe me woman a time is coming when you will worship the father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem you Samaritans worship what you do not know we worship what we do know for salvation is from the Jews. And this is how Jesus spoke and how he taught. He taught as one who had authority. People who had heard many, many speakers, they were mesmerized by Jesus because he didn't keep quoting other people. He spoke directly and he just said, you're right, you're wrong. <laughs> this is right, this is wrong. And it was, it was straight. And you would expect that if he's the son of God. You would expect that. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know for salvation uh, is from the Jews. And, and he says, a time is coming and now has come when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. You see, Jesus knows that because he comes from heaven. Constantly in John's gospel, he, he says, I came down from heaven to do the will of him who sent me. And he constantly referred to God as his father, which nobody had dared to do ever. And he, were, and, and he talked to, about God like he was his father. And he said, I have come down from heaven to do the will of him who sent me. And if you read John's gospel, the theologians of the day, the leaders of the community, the whole nation, they were so angry at him. And they called it blasphemy, meaning, you know, you're claiming to be equal with God. That's exactly what Jesus was claiming. John's gospel is a fascinating gospel. But he's, he's setting this lady right. 
because she's all confused. He says, God is spirit and his worshippers must worship in the spirit and truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. And when he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you, I'm he. And she's like, well, you got it. That's direct. I am the Messiah. And, uh, you know, it's the clearest uh, uh, phrase that we have in the New Testament that Jesus actually, his self-disclosure was, I am the Messiah. And uh, there were reasons why he didn't go around say, calling himself the Messiah because that would have caused an absolute riot. And, and Jesus knew that were too wise to go around saying, I'm the Messiah. Messiah means a king and a king as an army. And so <laughs> can you imagine the disciples, 12 disciples, even if he had 72 you know, uh, he wouldn't have won many, many battles, to be fair. But you see, his first coming, he comes as a suffering servant. And his second coming, he comes as the conquering king, the Messiah who rules and reigns. And the Jewish nation was expecting the second type of Messiah when Jesus came in humility and in apparent weakness. It's like, Oh no, why aren't you dealing with the Romans? Why aren't you dealing with the nations that have ruled over us? And that's his second coming. But his first coming is to bear the sin of the whole world. The very thing that hurts us, sin. Its, it's, it's effects are in selfishness and self-delusion, but in separation from God and sin. The wages of sin is death. But Jesus is all about life. And you know, secular man is not looking for life after death. They are looking for life before death. And that's why it's important that as, as, as church, we explain, you know, we, 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 uh, we're about adding value to people's lives. And we talk about what Jesus can do in this life, not just eternal life when you die, but what change Jesus can make for the better in our lives here and now. And so secular man is looking for uh, life before death but you know Jesus has just been teaching this woman and he made it clear that all religions are not equally acceptable before God that some worshippers act in ignorance and unbelief like the Samaritans and the, it, it, Jesus makes it clear the only faith that God accepts is that that comes from the Jews the Bible is of Jewish origin our saviour is a Jew. First Christians, the first ever believers were Jewish. Salvation, Jesus said, is from the Jews. Only those who have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of them can worship the Father in a way that's acceptable to him. And um, you know what Jesus is explaining? This is profound. Um, because people often ask me about, well, what about other religions? And I just said, I know that God loves the world. And, uh, you, you know, God doesn't see a, a, a Christian nation or a Muslim nation or a Hindu nation. He doesn't, or a Sikh nation, whatever your religion is, put it there. He doesn't, he's the God of the nations. He is your God. What I'm talking about here, and this could be a revelation to you. What I'm talking about here, I'm describing your God. And he, and the God who created the heavens and the earth, the God who created in Genesis, came to us in Christ. And, and this is the powerful thing. This is an amazing thing. 
uh, about the Gospels because we, 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 when you hear Jesus, you're hearing God Almighty. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Because Thomas said, show us the Father. And Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Because I and the Father are one. And this is the claim of the... Can you see why all religions don't lead to the same the same place they can't do because they all disagree with each other and people want to to put them all together and sort of say well they're all they're all the same really they are definitely not the same and i don't say that in a bigoted way or an arrogant way but you've just got to listen to the words of jesus read the words of jesus and he's telling us what it is salvation comes from the jews so we know we're on the right path with the old testament and the New Testament really was already concealed in the Old Testament. <laughs> so it's just revealed now in the New, the truth there. So it's like, this is fantastic. So this woman gets to know the news. And, and her faith then, which was fragmented, starts to begin to make sense. And she's hearing Jesus for the first time ever. Maybe that's you today and you're saying, I never knew this. And I want to say, stick around. It takes time to build faith, but it takes time to build trust. And secular man doesn't trust. Secular people are mistrusting. People enter this world uh, with with the uh, affliction of of needing, uh, of, with the affliction of mistrust. And uh, a man called Robert Shuler did a uh, a study on this. And uh, there's another guy, I forget his name, but but they talked about, you know, the, the baby at the mother's breast is is there in in uh, is there because it's mistrusting, it's frightened, and it needs strokes, it needs the love, it needs affirmation from its earliest days. And that's how we're made really as human beings. And if we're gonna reach secular people. As a church, we're going to have to understand rather than going around saying you're a sinner and you're going to face hell and judgment and stuff. We need to be understanding that that people, the, the, the very essence of sin is mistrust. It's a lack of trust. And people get burned in life and in relationships. They're manipulated. They're exploited. And so therefore, they're full of mistrust and insecurity. And this woman at the well is just like a modern woman. She's been burnt. She's been mis she manipulated and exploited. And she's probably done manipulated and exploited men herself. But it hurts us. And you know, if you don't know much about Christianity, as I said earlier, secular man is, is ignorant of the basic facts of Christianity, our secular society, they, don't, they won't know the difference between Moses or Jesus or Matthew or whatever. The, the, you, you, not only do they not know the facts about Christianity and they're, mis, they're mistrusting. So how on earth, how on earth are they going to hear us? They're never going to be listening to us because they don't know what's right and what's wrong about Christianity. They don't know the truth about Christianity and they're mistrusting. You know... Secular people experience life as, as being out of control. And they experience inner forces that they cannot control. Problems that they cannot manage. 
that destroy them over time and from which they feel absolutely powerless not just feel powerless they are powerless to free themselves and you know in John chapter 8 verse 32 33 Jesus said you will know the truth and the truth will set you free and he said he who has the son has life and he who has not got the son has not got life and he's lost what about you today do you want to be found you know you can be lost but do you really want to be found do you want to know the truth Jesus said in John chapter 8 verse 33 34 something like that he says he said if the sun sets you free you will be free indeed and at 19 Jesus Christ set me free from his sin and, he, and when he does that when you get to know Jesus immediately he sets you free immediately from insecurity from your sins from the, the sins that have, you've committed from from the damage that other people have done to you immediately he sets you free and you experience in part that freedom but it takes uh, it takes time to 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 live in that freedom because we shrink back in fear rather than walk on in faith but within a moment within a nanosecond you are set free by the power of Jesus and you have a new life to start with. It's not just a new start in life. It's a new life to start with. The Apostle Paul put it like this. If anyone is in Christ Jesus, the old has gone and the new has come. What about you today? Are you going to take a risk? Step out in faith and, in, 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 and simply trust Jesus. And let him set you free from your past. All your addictions, everything in a moment. It all, it all, you set free. But what I want to emphasize is not just the freedom that you set free from it all. Is that now you're going to need help to, to live in that freedom. And to find out to overcome what the addictions or whatever it is. The insecurities or the loneliness or the alienations that you feel in life have done to you. It takes time. It's like a baby growing up you know a baby once it comes out of the mother's womb it's free now but now it has to learn to live in freedom it can't even walk or talk and that's what you are that's what i am when we first become christians and we need spiritual milk you know we need a little bit of truth and uh, a little bit of explanation we don't need deep stuff we just need a little bit of truth and a little bit of encouragement and then eventually we get hungry for more and more and that's what happened to me. That's why I went to Bible college, because I, I, I started eating meat spiritually. And, uh, you know, I didn't want soup anymore or salads. I want the meat. And, uh, you, you know, and, and, and there's a time and a place for that. But we, we start off needing to be nurtured. You know, people, almost everyone has a problem. Uh, almost everyone either as a problem or is a problem or they have to live with somebody who's got a problem they're con connected to people's lives who have got problems and many millions of people are addicted to some substance whether it's alcohol or nicotine or food uh, or many different drugs additional millions uh, uh, of addictions to work or making money or sex or gambling our dependent relationships 
and so many people's lives are out of control and maybe I'm discussing I'm, I'm uh, describing you or somebody that you know and you know something people live lives that are out of control and this woman at the well her life was out of control and Jesus comes and he doesn't want to take control of her life he wants to help her take control of her life he has come to give her life and life in all its fullness and is it any wonder within moments in Jesus' presence, she left a water jar and she went and told all the village, come see the man who's told me everything about myself. And she's trying to say, I'm free, I'm different. And she's coughing and spluttering, can't really articulate it, but she's experienced it. And you too can experience new life, new birth, a new start with Jesus today. And do you know something? People, Many of us have lived lives that are out of control. Many of us know people whose lives are out of control. And I want to say that secular people struggle to find the door. They just cannot find the doorway out of where they are into where they need to be. And that's why we preach Jesus. We don't preach a particular church, a denomination, obviously, we're global and so I talk about global because that's relevant to me and the people around me. But you know, we, we, even in global, we, we, we preach Jesus. He's the one that's the saviour of the world. What I love about this woman at the well, she comes to Jesus with her ignorance about her faith. She knows bits of this and bits of that. And she, she listens to Jesus talking to her and, and, and uh, strengthening her faith and adding to her the knowledge that she needs in order to have faith, in order to believe. And through it all, she's insecure and, and he says, go call your husband. And she's, oh no, don't bring that up. She was so embarrassed, so ashamed. The one thing she didn't want him to bring up, he brought up. Jesus is like that. What's the one thing you would hate Jesus to bring up? He wants to talk to you about it. Why? Because if you'll talk about it, you can be set free from it. Jesus you know, only sets you free from your enemies. But if you want to keep all the things and keep them close, like they're your friends, he's not going to set you free. He can only set you free from your enemies. And there's so many things and addictions are, are, are awful. And there's, there's many of them. Um, people say, I've got an addictive personality. We all have an addictive personality. The Bible says, he who sins is a slave to sin. We're all born in it. But it does produce that insecurity that I was talking to you about. And this woman, she comes to Jesus. She hears all that she has to say. He mentions her married life and she's like, oh no, I wish I hadn't brought that up. But he makes her face it. It's painful, but it's purposeful. And she has to come to terms with, he knows everything that's going on in her life. You know, one day we'll stand before God and he knows everything. There's, there'll be nothing hidden. He said, well, I don't believe that. Well, that doesn't make it not happen. It's still going to happen. You, each man will give an account of himself to God and each woman. And this woman, it's almost like she has a judgment day with Jesus. And there's no condemnation whatsoever with Jesus, with this woman, only patience. And, he, he, you know, she talks to him and he answers her and he's very patient. And slowly but surely, as I was saying last week, 
She moves from him just being a Jewish man to somebody that's greater than somebody that she really respected uh, called Jacob from the uh, patriarch in the Old Testament, an important person. And then she sees that he's a prophet. And, uh, and you know, he said, go call your husband. She says, I haven't got an husband. Then he says, I know you've had five. Number six, you're not even married to. And she's like, oh, my life. And she changes the subject. She's slick is this one. And she changes the subject. She's awesome. And, uh, well, Messiah, when the Messiah comes. <laughs> and then eventually Jesus said, the man, I who speak to you, I am he. And she's like, wow. She goes and tells all her friends. Uh, well, all, all, all the village, I'm sure many of them weren't a friend. Uh, they, they ridiculed her and stuff like that. But throughout, in spite of her insecurities, in spite of not knowing loads and loads of things, she went to tell others. Why? Because something deep on the inside had connected with her from Jesus. And that's what happens. We're not talking religion, but we're talking a reality that you can only find it in Jesus. Jesus said, whoever drinks of this water will be thirsty again. And it's true, you know, whatever this world offers, and it offers many, many great things. I'm not negative about this life, but I'll tell you, whatever this world offers, you will have to keep coming back for more because it never fully satisfies. Only Jesus can satisfy you on the inside. And this woman, she's so full of it within moments of meeting Jesus. I'm passionate because that's exactly what happened to me. And it's exactly what's happened to so many others that I've told about Jesus. And she went into the village and, uh, you know, the best teaching, the best Bible teaching is not the deep theological stuff. The best Bible teaching is a church that knows Jesus and goes and lives it within the community. And this woman, she's basically the only one in the church for a moment or two. And then the whole village comes to Christ and they beg him to stay. And they said, you know, we believed in you because of our story. But now we've got our own story. Maybe you've been coming to Global for a while or you've been going to church for a while. And Jesus is real to everybody else, but he's not real to you. And today Jesus calls you. How do I know? How do I know that he calls you today? It's because I read what he's like in the Bible. He constantly called people. He didn't teach for the good of his health. He didn't teach just to educate people. He taught in a way that brought salvation. And if you think of, of, of a, a ship, a big ferry like the Zeebrugge ferry, you know, that the tragedy there, the ferry capsized, water got in, and uh, eventually uh, it was towed into port. Somebody bought it and they renovated it. They salvaged it. And that's what salvation means. God wants to take hold of your life and my life no matter how burnt out, no matter how messed up, no matter how confused or empty or meaningless or depressed or oppressed, he wants to get hold of our lives and salvage them and give them meaning and purpose in this life. Not just heaven when you die, not just pie in the sky when you die, but steak on your plate while you wait. It's fantastic. But you've got to come and he calls you today just like he called that woman. And she's, she's like, what, you, you want to drink a water from me? He engaged her because he knew the end game was she was going to have faith in him. 
it says at the beginning of John's Gospel, he had to go through Samaria. Now, to get to Galilee, he didn't have to go through Samaria. There were two other routes. But Jesus was on a divine mission. He said, I only do what I see the Father doing. And he spent time in prayer to find God's will for his life. There's an idea for some in global. Spent time with God to, what is your will for my life? ultimately and and so the details of of Jesus's life he was finding out from the father and so he had to go through Samaria because the father knew that there was a woman there Jesus didn't know there was a woman there and it says he came to the well and he was tired and weary and thirsty clearly and the disciples went into town for food but Jesus didn't and when the disciples came out they came, 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 back, sorry, came back from Samaria. They just said, Jesus, have something to eat. And he says, I have food that you know nothing about. My food is to do the will of him who sent me. And you know, when they came back, they didn't see a tired and weary Jesus. Because the Holy Spirit had just used him to share the gospel with this woman. And so he's all rejuvenated on the inside. And you know, Jesus, he started off tired, weary and thirsty, but he was still willing to be put out for this woman because women matter to God. That would be an unusual statement a few hundred years ago in the church, <laughs> all male dominating and everything. Women matter to God, so do children and so do men. And Jesus was willing to be put out even though he was at the end of himself. He kept going. And you know, when God uses you to reach people, no matter how tired you are, what kind of week you've had, or what kind of day you've had, or what you're going through as a believer, if you'll follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, he will refresh you. And you get that from this story, it's just fantastic. But a whole village came to Christ. And that's how I want to challenge everybody in global. Come on, believe, not just not just for you and your family, but for you, the area that you live in, in York, in London, in Newcastle, in Dar es Salaam, wherever there's a global church. Maybe you're a believer from another church. Believe for your town, believe for your city, believe for your area. Jesus spent time, two days he stayed with the Samaritans and uh, they believed in him and they called him the saviour of the world. And that was revealed to him by the Holy Spirit because that's exactly who Jesus is. He's the saviour of the world. But is he your saviour today? He calls you. And he, you might be there in your family. You might have come to church in a crowd. But he calls you out of the crowd. And he calls you personally. And he calls you publicly. And he says, follow me. And he doesn't beg you. And he doesn't plead with you. You can't manipulate him. But he says, follow me. And I don't doubt that he's got a smile on his face because he knows what he's got lined up for you. Yes, there's going to be things you've got to sort out in your life to line your life up with God's word and what God says is the best because we don't know what the best is so often. And we're so used to what isn't the best that we don't want to change. But when you realise and you start to trust in Jesus and you let some things go and you realise, oh, oh, it's not as bad as I thought. Oh no, it's very good, it's liberating. And then you become so free. And maybe today you've never known Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Saviour. And you can get to know him today just like these people. And I want the church in global. 
I want you to realise this. This Samaritan woman knew precious little about Jesus. You know far more than she, she did at this point. But she did something with what she knew. She went and told everybody. And these weren't even her friends. Not even her colleagues. Not even distant friends. These were people that laughed at her. But she went to them with the gospel. And it transformed that whole community. And that's my vision for people in London, for people in Paris, for people in uh, all the capital cities of the world. And so I want to just waken us up within global and say, let's be like this Samaritan woman. Let's go and tell everybody, all the people in our world, what Jesus Christ has done for us. Let's lead them to Christ. You know, this morning I can't pass up the opportunity to give you the opportunity to give yourself to Jesus Christ. I'm going to invite you to say this prayer after me. I'll say it, you just amen it. Amen simply means I agree. You, let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me when you died on the cross. You paid the price for all my sins. I couldn't find forgiveness for myself. I couldn't give forgiveness to myself. Only you can forgive me for the sins I've committed against you and against people. And I receive that forgiveness today. And I open the door of my heart and I ask that you'll send your Holy Spirit to come and live within me. To give me the assurance that I'm right with you. And to give me the power to follow you every day. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And you can say Amen. If you said that prayer, do get in touch with us. And uh, I, want you, I want people to find... The, the risen Christ. He's real and um, we can't see him, um, but we can know him. And I want to encourage you to, to find Christ. And if you're a believer, I want to encourage you to help other people to find Christ. Keep watching these next few weeks because you're going to be hearing talks about how Jesus and the disciples brought the good news to people. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website 